Hi, welcome back to Coffee with the Sarlows. And if you don't know, I'm Joe. And I brought coffee because Coffee with the Sarlows is not the same without it. <laughs> so good morning to everybody out there. Good morning. I'm Kelly Sarlow. And I'm Karen. And we asked Joe to come back today because we're hearing from uh, the people who listen to the podcast how much they enjoy um, hearing you speak, uh, the honesty and the integrity and in how you convey messages, the quirkiness of your language. And um, so we thought we'd uh, we'd have you back t- so that people could enjoy your company again this morning. Might um, have been selfish too, because I think we bring <laughs> you back because we want your company. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Uh, it's great to be back always. Thank you. Okay, Joe, we're going to jump right in. Yes. Um, first, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions in case some people that are listening to this show as the first show with you and not your third, um, that first of all, they'll know fourth. First of all, they'll know that there are three other Joe shows and (laughs) (laughs) that was good. The Joe show. And, um, if they want to go listen to those first, they can hit stop go listen to the other ones and come back but if you are joining us today and this is the first time meeting joe heard um i'm going to ask you a couple of questions so that they don't have to go and listen to the other ones right away um so joe what have you done with your life so you can say a little bit about education or whatever kind of like a little bit of backdrop if you want oh okay the life of joe um in a cole's version is it, are there still Cole's notes out there? Excellent. That's how I got through English high school. Oh, that's right. Thanks, Cal. Um, yeah, here I am. I studied human movement, uh, kinesiology, um, drove a school bus, uh, got into um, God, fitness training, clinical kinesiology, uh, ergonomics, health and safety, and you know that's just my work world. Um, I ride my bike uh, as much as I can. I love my canoe and I camp and I try and paddle places where nobody goes, but everyone's going there now, so I'm not going back. Um, <laughs> that's that's been a new twist. Um, yeah, it's good to be here, and uh, yeah, that's me. So, can you um, maybe just for the sake of our first time listeners again, uh, talk to us about what an ergonomist is? Oh, yeah. An ergonomist is someone who uh, fits the task or fits the job to the human um, rather than fitting the human to the task as it used to be. People would just get into these spaces and no matter what size the equipment was, um, they just would work and the body would break eventually um, because if they're reaching over their head. Um, so I get to go into workplaces and, and coming from the clinical background, I used to treat the broken bodies coming in from work, from work worlds or from motor vehicle accidents or athletic injuries. And then we would send them back out and and clinically I would work on the tissue and and get them back to movement and functional and doing Cirque du Soleil circles before we let them out the door (laughs) and testing their strength to see if they were functional to get back to their job. Um, but I always was, I became, I became very frustrated because they just kept coming in because we lacked the gap of uh, uh, the connection between f- fixing them and then putting them back in an area that probably hadn't even been looked at or considered like, Oh, they're lifting hundred pounds, 12 times a day above their head. Yeah. That's going to break bodies. But so that's what got me into the more of the ergonomics and prevention going and following my clients to the workplaces and doing risk assessments and <clears throat> figuring out the tasks that were breaking those joints. So yeah, so that, that 
you know, I needed the full circle because I didn't own the clinic. So having everybody coming in all the time is great for owners. Um, it's, it's good income, it's constant, but really it's, it's hard on the body. So that got me into the prevention. So that's what ergonomics is. Joe, I have a massage therapist and I love her dearly, but I always ask her if I'm ready to go back, like to lifting weights and to doing the things that I like to do in life. Mm -hmm. And she never says no. And then she gives me a nice little smirk of a smile and I, and, and she's very honest and she'll say, Oh no, I want, I want you to go back um, because it means more injuries. And then you come back and see me again. So, I mean, she she's that? really, yeah, love it. she's very honest about it. She does help me get to, uh, I'll say a healed point, mm-hmm. which doesn't always mean that I'm ready to go back, but it's to a point. And I'm seeing that that point or that bar of where you're allowed to go back is now being pushed by different companies, mm-hmm. different people who do healing work. So I'm not picking on a massage therapist. That was just throwing one example out there. But I could think of all different types of fields if I just put heal fields of healing out there, mm-hmm. um, where the doctor might say, or the physio might say, or fill in the blank, um, that you're okay to go back to work. You get your your papers to say that you're good to go and you get back to work. And first of all, you know, you're not, but you have to go now because the papers say you are. Mm -hmm. And these professionals know that they have to sign the papers saying you're ready to go back to work. There's Mm -hmm. a, there's a great big push for this. Yes. Um, with total disregard, I'll say total disregard. Some, some professionals will say that's not fair. And so, of course, I wouldn't be referring to the professionals that have ethics and integrity. Mm-hmm. I'm referring to the ones that don't, or I'm referring to the ones that do, but are pushed by a system that's beyond their control. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Nicely put. Okay. Yes. Because I understand that there are different types of people and why some professionals will say, well, that's why I own my own practice so that I don't have to push people back into a work environment um, or back into their home environment out of a hospital or wherever when they're not actually ready to do it. Okay. So mm-hmm. now you're bridging the gap here. You're talking about that you were working in this field of, he- of helping people heal mm-hmm. and rehabilitating with the expectation to return to life. Yeah. And for you in particular, work life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and that was the fun part. I think everyone asks, and I know you've, you two have asked, what's the difference between an ergonomist, a kinesiologist, and a physiotherapist or a occupational therapist? And, uh, and the only thing I see visually is I see that gap. And that's the gap that I could always bridge. And they couldn't really bridge. Because you actually get to go into the work environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think of my physios and all the people, you know, I've got a long list, mm-hmm. as does Kelly, of um, different healthcare professionals on in a team that have helped both of us mm-hmm. in life be functional. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them have been able to come into the home. You were the first one that came into our home, which is where we work. And tell us how to stand at our massage tables while we're doing energy work. Mm -hmm. Tell us how to sit at our computers and to change degrees of how our head, shoulders, legs, Mm -hmm. hips, how we sit in different positions so that we don't re-injure or create a new injury. Yeah. And just just bringing that to light. I remember coming here and it was really fun. And I was very honored um, because you guys were setting up your workstations and which was really great. You were proactive and you said, 
we come and see what we're doing and can you help us? And, you know, right away I, I did my little dance because of the chairs because they were, yeah, I knew they would hurt you in time and you guys were great. Um, so I was able to set you up and just teach you movements and teach you because there's no, there, there, there is a guideline for, you know, office station setups, but it's all very, um, it's all very degrees involved. Your arm should be 90, but everyone's different. I don't believe in that. I just watch you see how you fit. And then I try and fit you to what you have to do. And if you're doing something 80% of the day in that chair, I'm going to be really, um, tough to make you make sure that you're not going to hurt, but you guys are, are awesome because you get to move and you have different spaces in your home and your office. So that's one thing that I, I could leave thinking, okay, they're there 30% here. They're 30% here. They're doing that. And yes, I, I set them up in a, in a good position that, you know, at the end of 20 years, because that's how long your girl's going to be doing this. Um, <laughs> at the end of 20 years, you hopefully won't have, um, you know, a repetitive strain of, oh my God, I used to sit in this chair, listen to Joe Hurd on podcasts for three hours at a time. <laughs> and now I have a herniated disc, you know, that's not going to happen because, um, hopefully I have, you know, some experience and I watch you move. And I just want to, I, when I come in, I watch people move. What do you do? What's your work? What's, what's your focus? What's your task? And it's not, oh, here's a picture of a dummy sitting in a chair and you should be at all those angles because that's the way it used to be. And that's crazy talk. You know, people go, well, yeah, but they set me up like this. I'm like, oh my God, because there's standards out there. There's guidelines, but you have to be with the person because every, look at the three of us. We're all different sizes and heights and mesomorph, ectomorph, you know, and we're all, and this is what humans are and you can't just fit them to the, the same position. Um, I, Okay, I'm excited. I need to gather myself. <laughs> we need to hear from Kelly. Oh. <laughs> um, you've mentioned this several times before because uh, you're, you're also a very close friend of ours and you've been over to our, our parties and get-togethers and, and you mm -hmm. sit and have dinner with us as well. Um, and a lot of people joke around when you walk into your room that you're watching the way that they sit or the way that they stand, and etc. Um, and you've always said that, no, that's what you do. It's not you know, it's not who you are. And I, I think this is interesting because I, I would argue that it is who you are. Um, mm. because not only do you, do you assess people, um, I'll say like clinically, like you were saying, um, where you're kind of going through a mental assessment, but I've heard you talk about people, um, out in the real world in terms of how they care for themselves in terms of their own consciousness and to me, that's not about workplace. That's about how people are living. And that's, mm. that's why I argue that it's who you are as a compassionate individual. Mm, um, yeah, of course. And one of the reasons that we were so excited to invite you onto the show today is to launch into how your life has changed in the last week. Um, because you've been laid off your mm, job yeah. and, um, you've gone through some really cool discoveries uh, through, I think, a lot of inner dialogue and reflection. Um, and you had said to me at one point, it doesn't, this doesn't mean I'm not an ergonomist. It doesn't take away from who I am, mm. which is 100% true. <laughs> um, but I, I think that. we both want to pick your brain about what you've learned and who, how that is still who you are mm -hmm. and how you care for yourself and for others. Thank you. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So are we launching into questions or do you want to talk about some of the things that you've come to realize? Yeah, it's, uh, I had a, uh, as we all do, a life change and, and being in North Bay, um, it's been looming everywhere, you know, read the nugget. I like to call it the nugget, uh, the nugget. And, um, they talk about, 
they talk about hospital workers, 158 were just laid off again, Nipissing University. Um, we all have friends and family in that. And, and you know, working for the for the government or whoever, it, it doesn't make you immune to it. And I, I had this, you know, we always have that that fear that, oh, it's our turn because the government, everything's changing. And guess what? Um, I thought I had my immunity idol for all those survivor watchers out there. I made my own immunity idol. I hid it under my tree and uh, <laughs> it didn't really work. <laughs> so here I am thinking, you know, we do everything we can. And um, yeah, a week ago or so, um, I was laid off um, like everybody else. And it takes your breath away. It doesn't matter how much you prepare. Um, it does. It's a, it's a bit of a hit. And I don't care what anybody says. It's an emotional, physical security hit. Um, and yeah, and, and, and Kelly and you and you and Karen have um, been around me, which has been awesome to, because I went into different stages as we all do. And I'm learning that I have, I have to go through this process. You have to have the sad, you have to have the mad, you have to have the fear, you have to have the crazy. My mind goes a million miles an hour. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been tough. Are you okay? Okay. Are you okay to talk about, um, I think anybody listening who's gone through this experience feels that and anybody who knows somebody who's gone through the experience wants to hear it because sometimes other people can't convey the way that you can all of the different feelings that you go through so if they have a spouse or a parent or a friend around them that's going through it they might be listening Joe just because they don't know what to do for that person mm -hmm. because some people shut down um when they go through something that is a life change or something that's difficult. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody will talk about it. Um, some people go into different um, types of dep depression or isolation. Yeah. And it's something that um, you, like three of us were talking about last night, because when you were, are going through this experience in the last seven or eight days, that in the loss of your job, you also lost connection with the world. Because the cell phone was removed, the um, internet connection was removed, so you lost your computer. Mm -hmm. They took the computer. They and and other people understand this, and some people won't. They'll think, "Oh, boo hoo." Well, I think it's important to mention that you had a home office, so not everyone might lose those things in yeah. particular. But working from home, because mm -hmm. you were no caged bird, um, <laughs> you it, those items belonged to the job. Yeah. So you had lost those connections. Is that, mm -hmm. that okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like, all what the point I was trying to get to is just that. In a loss of a job, we lose other things. And for you, part of the loss might not be identity, because for some people, job loss is the equivalence of identity. Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps I'll say you were um, in a good position that you were you did not lose that. I want to be careful of my words, because I don't want to hurt other people. Mm -hmm. I want to be respectful of all kinds of loss. Yeah. Uh, but also being able to say that part of what you lost was connection because everybody or, or some people can lose friendships. Some people can lose family members and job losses. Mm -hmm. um, 
there, the, the list goes on as to how many things we lose. But one of the things that you've lost is your, your ability to connect mm-hmm. um, with other people. And some people voluntarily give up that. They may not have lost any of that technology, but they just isolate themselves. So they lose their connectivity to others by choice. Okay. Yeah. And that's the stage that uh, kind of floored me a bit because, again, I didn't prepare and I've had, I've been lucky enough and grateful enough to have a home home office because I worked in the field. I wasn't in in, um, the headquarters because I traveled the province going into cool, different workplaces all over the place, doing ergonomics and doing health. So I would be able to come home to my own home office at different times because a, a field job is not eight to four. It's not nine to five. Um, we work crazy hours, but when we can be home, then we have some flexibility. And this is this is something that I have loved. And, and that's, I think, what sustained me. Um, we used to call it the golden handcuffs um, because people who worked in, in office spaces in buildings they in which is half of my half of my workforce they didn't kind of get us we don't get them because and that's something I learned too I I actually had to work in head office for two years having coming to North Bay and having a North Bay job because I worked at Toronto one for about seven years and uh, coming home and then getting into an office space there um, blew my mind because I'd never worked in an office space um, and being there for two years, I understood why, um, I am not meant to be, I'm not a farm cubicle, uh, girl. There's no create in, for me anyway, it was really, really difficult. And I felt like an alien or a Martian. And, uh, they quickly realized that, um, Joe Hurd is, um, yeah, she's got a lot of energy. We're going to, we got to keep her cause she's out there. She can do lots, but, um, and so, and, and also because coming from a field, um, perspective, working with our clients, and coming into a head office, they're two different energies. And I couldn't take the head office, um, political minutiae stuff and the field stuff that I had to get through. So I found that, yeah, I have a lot of energy, but when they clash, I'm not really good. So luckily I launched back into my home office. And and, and I didn't realize, and I learned so much because I didn't, you know, I think cell phones just came out then. And so I was able to learn and they set me up and I was pretty much a princess uh, for IT. And uh, when it was taken away last week, I didn't, you don't foresee what's, what's going to happen. Um, so everything was moved out uh, within two days. And I thought, and I almost kind of went into, uh, I don't know what I went into, but I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, they took it away and I thought, okay, it's going to be like camping for a couple of days, you know, cause I love camping. And, um, so it went really quiet. Um, and then my landline, cause luckily I did have uh, a landline. It started, you know, cause people couldn't get a hold of me and, you know, as we love to text and I love to text my friends and you don't realize how much that is a communication and a connectivity until it's gone. And it, the first two days were fine because I was in another, I was in another state and I, I couldn't, um, function. I was still in shock and I was still just emptying stuff. And, um, yeah. And then the weekend, but I, 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 to tell you honestly, you know, yesterday and today I'm, I'm really feeling that isolation and it's not a good one. Um, so I'm seeing that, you know, that's more of my life now. It's got nothing to do with work. And so that was kind of an interesting find when I spoke with you two about it, because, we can't even connect and in, in, in talking on the phone and it's weird. I've, I've, I have talked on the phone more in four days, which I'm not really good at, but I, I'm missing everyone. So everyone's calling and, and I'm, you guys have said, you know, we don't really want to talk or bug you, but 
that's the only way we can now. And it was really interesting to see that, you know, kind of getting through that morning of losing that job, which luckily for me got me here. Um, but also I have, I had to really think about emotionally, what do I need? Cause that's, there's so many things that have gone through my mind and you do have watched it cause that's what they can do. Um, and I didn't even know it. Um, you guys swooped in when I didn't even know what I needed, like food. Um, and I usually eat all the time and I'm not, so you guys have been awesome. And, and anyone out there just know that when somebody gets hit, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a layoff, we don't know what we need, but we kind of just muddle through. And, uh, I've been really, really lucky with friends and family to just kind of, because I've never been one to ask for help. And so I'm learning a lot again. So yeah, technology has been taken away and, um, it's weird. It's, uh, and I really like it. So I know my first step and I already wrote down another sticky note because there's sticky notes all over my house. Um, <laughs> as my mind works, you should see it. I look and I go, Whoa, you got to go for a walk and maybe talk to people. Um, so I wrote another sticky note, uh, iPhone, and I don't even know how to do that and lipstick because you know, <laughs> this is what I'm going to need today or tomorrow. Cause it's a day to day thing, right girls? Yeah, <laughs> and I know my mind is cuckoo baluku. Like you should see what I write down, but I should just take a photo and I'll put it on the podcast. Because um, I don't know a mind in the layoff. This is my first, and uh, and this is my mind, and uh, and it's a beautiful mind. No, <laughs> but it's interesting and it's scary, and uh, but I'm also a little excited because I'm I'm a bit free. I was t- I was taken care of. Well, you know, I was well taken care of. Um, I can sustain my security for a bit. Um, as you and, and Kelly and Karen have taught me, security and love is the human, it's, you know, it's the hierarchy of needs. And uh, you don't know it till it's taken away. Um, but yeah, so luckily I can take a bit of a breath. Can I ask a question? Sure. Because um, you had said that you were taken care of. Um, and I maybe I misinterpreted the way that you were saying it. But um, you called yourself a princess with your IT and that you were set up at home and you had the golden handcuffs. Um but through this last week, you've talked about the ways that in hindsight, you've noticed you weren't really taken care of by the job. Yeah. Um, so in like, what, what is it that you've learned in the past couple days um, of what your freedom looked like and what you're actually understanding freedom to be now? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it was contradictory because, you know, there's nothing is free uh, as we know, and it's a work world. It doesn't matter what work you're doing. Um I was, I was shown another face of work and it wasn't pretty. Um, and I know it's happening everywhere and I think we don't realize it and it's, it's not blaming, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm, it's a system and this is what the system has created and it's, and it floored me how awful, um, I, I was treated, um, in, in this layoff, you know, things like, and I, and I'm not, I, I don't want to be negative to my employer. I do. I'm thankful for stuff, but you know, there's a better way (laughs) to let somebody go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that has really, um, it's really hit me hard because in my practice, in my world, you know, in Joe's Disney world, um, everything is perfect. No, everything is kind. And and I try and be kind. I, I've always tried to do that. And the way, uh, the way that I was so betrayed, I was given an hour, um, notice, uh, after working a full day, putting in my effort, and that was it. 
And then they, you know, and this is what they do. I've heard, but it actually happened to me. They walked me out the door with my coat to my car and you, you feel like a criminal. It's like, was I, was I laid off or was I fired? Because this is, this is really, you know, the words and, and things that were said did not really reflect the action that, you know, if I was in Martian watch and Joe heard be laid off on that day, it was horrible. The way they, all of a sudden you're like, thank you. Do you mind staying for a minute? Sure. You know, maybe it's another question. And then three people came in and it was horrible. It was like, oh my God. And then it's done. And they walk you out the door with stipulations of, you know, we, this is what we got to do. You got to have your equipment done out by such and such a time, which is 48 hours. And then, um, I had to sign, luckily I had a severance package through my union, but I had to have, have that all my, my ducks in a row by that Friday. And, and at that point, your mental state and your emotional state is done. You've been, I've been, I was cut off by the knees again. And then you just try and find some, uh, just some, you thought to, to help yourself because now it's you saving yourself in terms of maybe some sustainability through there here. Thank you for coming out, you know, goodbye. And yet here's a package. Yes, but you got to sign it. Anyway, it was horrible. I, um, workers and I think, and I've heard a lot of times this is what's happened and it's awful. I, I, I really had a, I just didn't, I lost a bit of, you know, I lost a bit of me but not for long, um, you know, cause that could kill your spirit if you don't have any kind of sustenance or you have some self-confidence or you, you sleep and you have some kind of strength because, oh my God, I wonder how people get up sometimes the, and now I get it. It's like, holy cow, you know, my head was up. I thought I'd keep my head up in the corners. I learned that from hockey, but no, I always got slammed. So, um, you think you can, but when it hits you, it really doesn't, yeah, you're not ready for any of that. And we're, and, and we, I was not treated well for what I'd given to that company, you know, and I think it's really interesting the way that you, that you said you're not looking to blame anyone. And I, I can respect that because you said it's a system, but behind the system are people making the policies and it really is people treating other people that way. Yeah. Which floors me. And (laughs) sorry. (laughs) You're allowed to say that on air. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, tell, uh, yeah, I'll let Kelly talk. And mm-hmm. I had one word that kept coming out of my mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's, it's, um, it is awful the way that people are treating each mm-hmm. other and how we're, you, I think mom, you said it before is that we're all treated as disposable. Yeah. And there are so many people, just, uh, nurses alone in our community who probably walk into the hospital every day, terrified that they're, they may or may not have a job at the end of the day. Um, so many people have been laid off in Northern Ontario and I'm sure across Canada as well. Um, but it is people it is. And you said it yourself. Um, we hire people to fire people. Yeah. You know, we had future shop in this city not too long ago, shut down cause it was bought from Best Buy. Mm-hmm. And I remember good friends who worked there, they walked into work one day and there were head office people, I guess they had hired to come to North Bay to tell them at the door before their 8 a.m. shift started, that there was no longer a job for them. They'd have to reapply if they wanted to work at Best Buy. Wow, I remember that. And this is people. And someone could say it's a system and it's Best Buy's policies, but it's 
it's people. Mm -hmm. Not fighting the system, saying there's a better way, like you said, uh, to do this. Yeah, you're right. And while it isn't personal because we're doing this to everyone, it's not attacking you as an individual, we're still sending out the message that we're all disposable. Yeah. And it is personal. I don't care, you know, and, and I, I'm probably talking out each side of my mouth because I can right now. And, um, but it's true because one minute I try and say it's a system and then the next minute I'm crying. So it's a system, but I am personal. I was in that system. I'm, I'm Joe Heard, And, uh, I don't like to be treated like that because I don't treat people like that, but this is just the way the world is and it's tough. And if anybody out there just know that you, the immunity necklace never works so you, you have to be ready um but I don't know if you, how you can because I wasn't and that I think I'm still it's still kind of blowing my mind and I'm still processing it I'm hoping that the people that create the system that are the system uh, whether it's government whether it is the union people mm-hmm. or whatever it whatever it is wherever if you're listening to this and you're one of these people you're the director you're human resources that it's your job to find a better way. It's it, it the buck has to stop someplace, and so it ha- it has to stop right there, to the owner, to the manager, to whoever's creating those systems. Instead of saying that they're just doing their job and hiding behind it, mm-hmm. so I'm calling them out. Thank you. I'm calling them out on that. Somebody has to stand up and call them out on it because there is no government. The government is the pe- is is a person as Kelly has said, and we have to, um, we have to find some human decency again, some respect for each other, some level of communicating that is beyond abuse. And to me, this is abuse. It is workplace abuse to walk in and to completely disregard a person's financial situation, to completely disregard their emotional state, their mental state, um, and financial. And for some people, I'll say their spiritual state because they put their spirit into their career as well. Mm-hmm. So they're attacking all four levels of how that human f- can function, expecting nothing in return. So thank you for your 15 years of service. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. Because if they say, oh, it means something, you got your pension or you got your, oh, at least you were lucky, Joe, you got a benefits package. Um, and, and to some degree, there's, I'll say there is some relevance to that, but in the bigger picture, it might be 1% and compared to what it does to a person in all other levels of their humanity. Yeah, correct. Well, and it was a package that you paid into, so you were supposed to get it anyway. So they're just reminding you that you're, Mm -hmm. you're getting what you did pay into. So like big fucking deal. Yeah. But they want you to think that you should be grateful for it. They oh, have no. you think. I understand that, but it's yeah. like you're saying the wording that they mm-hmm. choose confuses you. Mm-hmm. They say you're so lucky that you got a severance, and by telling you that you're lucky, you forget that you're the one who actually created the package. Yeah, I did right? forget that. Thank you. Yeah, and what I wanted to add to what you were saying, uh, Mom, I never know if I'm going to want to call you Mom or Karen, um, <laughs> is we're in this system, we're creating nervous people around the world, right? Mm-hmm. So we create nervous people in the job we fire them or we lay them off however you want to word it it's all the same to rehire other people who've been laid off and are nervous so we're we're hiring these nerves pretty Mm -hmm. much to come in and hope they're going to function and do a good job when really we're all shaking in our boots 
am I going to have security? I'm going to have a job tomorrow. Can I pay for my home? Can I feed my children? Like, it's just, it's attacking that, that root chakra of, am I even safe? Wow. And that is so telling and indicative because it, it goes through layers and yeah, every, I was hit at every layer. And I think that's why I'm, I'm feeling different layers at times. And, and, um, yeah. And, and when I went back and, and you're right, the workplace is, is fearful. They've created this talk, they call it the toxic, uh, workspace. Um, and they call it, um, sick building syndrome. I used to, I used to see that in the field and they, t- they go, Oh, the air makes me sick. And, but what the, I think the bigger picture is, is Kelly, you, you eloquently said they're creating a nervous people and a nervous workforce. And it's getting worse when I had to walk back um, on, on the last day of that week with my signed, give me back my severance pay that I've paid for all these years. Thanks, Kelly. I didn't even think of that yet. Um, I had to stand tall and I had good hair. Thank God that day I had good hair <laughs> because I had to pull up every ounce of some kind of bravery and, and dignity because I, Joe Heard didn't die that day. Her, that, that job, the J-O-B, I like to call it the J-O-B, um, was taken away from me. But when I walked into the building, because, because when you're laid off, I didn't know this, you don't, you can't tell your colleagues, um, apparently if they don't do the layup, because there were two, two people in this position that were laid off that day. And one was of course, were provincial one was way up somewhere else. And, uh, so the whole, we're, our little mini workforce of 70, um, had to, didn't know until we were gone and we're an integral part of this team, I guess. And so they were told on a, a couple of days later. And so nobody, I, you can't say goodbye as they're walking you out the door. Um, not that probably I would have, but, but when I went back on Friday, all I saw and all I felt was this place felt like a tomb because something had been ripped and another part of their fear factor had been raised. And, and the people who I had to greet at the door, which were my colleagues, and I, you know, would talk to them and because they're people too, they looked like they, they looked awful because, and, and then I think I realized, oh my God, yeah, it does hit them. They're mourning. And they didn't even know what to say to me. And they just said, you know, and I had, they had really kind words and I just wanted to get in and out of there. I had to do my business. I had to be walked in like a criminal to do this. Um, and then kind words came, but I, I said, you know what? They've been broken too. Cause they see a team member that has just been axed. They had no idea. And now they're shivering because if, if the field is being cut, um, what's next and to live in that, um, it's awful and, and it's just getting worse. I found, find it interesting um, that a field has been cut and what you do is the field that you, that you work in is to help people be safe. It is to help people perform better, to stay longer in their jobs, to function at a higher level. Um, and that got cut. And the irony hurts. <laughs> it it uh, it's mind-boggling yeah. but it's like yeah um you take the one thing or one of the best parts or one of the most inter- important facets of life um so productivity safety efficiency. health pardon me efficiency, efficiency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're going to cut it <laughs> that that makes Thank sense you. Mm-hmm. so uh, what about that makes sense is nothing 
mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm what I'm learning from that experience too, Joe, is is the fact of just just the way that they walk you out like a criminal, and way the way that they don't let you speak to your coworkers and isolate. Mm-hmm. The w- and and again, this is by people created. The system is created by people, and they're they dictate that to other people to make them do it for them. So these are cowards. Mm-hmm. Flat out, I'm calling them cowards because typically they're not the ones that walk you to the door. They're the yeah. ones that have someone else walk you to the door. And those policies, the ones that write that, the ones that came up with that, and I called it the Bob Ray days because back in the 19, early 1980s, the government back in those days, that's when this all originated, the way that you got walked out to the door. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if, 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 the, if there's a difference and it wasn't the 80s and it wasn't back in that time, someone could email me and let me know and I'd be happy to correct this podcast. But there was a whole movement at that time where, um, and I'll say, once the government kind of put their stamp on it that in this province of Ontario, that this behavior was okay, it went like wildfire through yeah. private industry. It went through the hospital systems. It went through every type of workplace. So instead of just the ma and pa organizations that could walk someone to the door and be mean, it became, I'll say, okay, acceptable and businesslike to treat everybody that way. And Mm -hmm. now I don't watch TV, but I even see it in the TV shows now. Um, where the, the, to be to treat coworkers and employees in unethical ways has become standard practice, yes. and um, not healthy, but unfortunately standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it, you know if you can take a look, and if anyone's listening, it's 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 wrong. You know what? And and it's I can't I can't say it any other way. I was part of it. Um, it's just really awful. There could be a better way. You know, wake up. You know, wake up and treat people like humans again. This is this is uh, very very sad. Uh, you had mentioned that your colleagues were mourning, and I think that's a really really great point um, to make, because oftentimes we're not given the truth when we're the ones who still have the jobs. I remember working, and I won't name the company, but when I was in Ottawa, um, we would get an email, everyone on staff that so-and-so was no longer working for the company. If we had any questions, please direct them to our manager. And it was a standard email, like you said, that you they sent out. They have to tell you that you can come and ask the questions, but there's no way they're going to answer you with truth, mm-hmm. right? So the standard line was they're no longer a fit for the company. Um, and mm-hmm. so you were never actually given a reason. And so as an employee, you're not you're wondering, am I doing the same thing wrong that they did if they did something wrong? Interesting. Am I no longer going to be a fit for the company? So it it raises so many questions that we're not allowed to ask. Mm-hmm. And that, like like we were talking about, just constantly contributes to that feeling of not being safe, not being stable. Yeah, that's uh, a nice, yeah, a nice angle. And that's how it was done, too, I was told later. Luckily, some people called and, and that was great. But yeah, it they, they, of course, they open it to to questions but apparently the room was very quiet what do you ask what do you say you know you can't you can't you know and and even when I was being told um this position it was a business decision uh 
because you know this is what they decided to, to remove this position and um ironically and I, I will never understand and, and ergonomics has always been a hard sell in in this industry but guess what the number one injury in workplaces are 42 percent of all injuries in ontario are musculoskeletal disorders so you wonder what and it is a game and it, it's the planets aligning um, it will never make sense that, uh, I don't, you know what, there's no money in health and there's no money in happy, uh, bodies. So I, that's my twisted angle. I'm just seeing because you, they don't want to fund and, and reduce it because they're busy doing other things like lockout, tag out and guarding. Cause that's really important because that's the number one hazard in Ontario. Not Joe, like, I guess my head goes to. If I've got um, too many too many people in a province, and there's there are piles of people waiting for work, whether they're qualified or not, by the way. <laughs> if I'm I have, check that out now. <laughs> if there's a whole bunch, then it doesn't really bother me to let people go. I'm speaking like some employers seem to see this as oh well, if if I let her go. If, and, and if people are going to get hurt, 42% are going to get hurt. There's more than 42% waiting for the next, for these jobs anyway. So it's kind of like, you know, paper towels. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you put one down on the ground, stick your foot on it, move it around a little bit, tell it what to do, clean up a mess and throw it out. And <laughs> Am I a paper towel? Apparently. <laughs> wow. I love that. So like, it's just, you know, my analogy of use something and throw it out. And not to be rude to you, somebody might hear that and think, wow, was that mean? Yeah, it's mean. It, it, and, and that's what I'm saying workplace environments have become. They've become the bullying ground for, for management and owners. Yeah. And uh, you've heard me use really strong language today because I think somebody has to put this really out there very boldly um, that, that's, that it's not okay. And but when you say 42%, that's extremely high. But if I've got thousands of people lining up waiting for jobs, then I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I want to add that um, I think that it's great that you called it a paper towel because people need to know that when they are laid off or they're let go or whatever we're calling it these days, when they are going through the, their emotional process mm-hmm. and they feel like a paper towel that's been used on the bottom of someone's foot... Mm-hmm. They go back to the words that they were told, that it's not personal, that it was a business decision. What the fuck does that mean anyway? So they go back to the words and then think, well, if that's true, then how come I still feel this way? And when you say it's a paper towel, they can go, yeah, I feel that way because that's really how they did treat me. So I think you're pointing out a truth and you're validating someone's emotions Mm -hmm. so that they don't feel crazy. Because like you said, Joe, that is part of the process when you are going through that emotional state of the anger, the mad and the crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, it's true. And, and, you know, I will come out, I know it, but it is, it is really, a, an interesting challenge because you can feel like the paper towel and your, your spirit. And, and maybe a lot of people do put their identities in their job. And I see that and I get that. And, um, one thing that I found out this week and, and I, I've always kind of know it. I've always kind of known it. I can't talk anymore either. It's I'm, funny words have been coming out. Um, but that's part of the process. So if you mumble, don't worry, someone will understand you. <laughs> Um, and, and they laugh and they, they keep calling you back for food. So just keep going, do what you need to do. This too shall pass. 
Um, but it's, it is, it's a weird, funky, weird place to be in right now. And every day is different. Um, I don't know what to expect. So I have sticky notes everywhere and I know I will get through them, uh, for how, you know, where I'm going to be. And I think I have that little bit of grace to say, this could be good for Joe. Um, because Joe is still here. She's a little more beaten down, but don't worry, I get stronger. Um, but I, you know, there's, I have all these other things in my life that define me better. My job never defined me. It got me here and I'm thankful for it, for that title. I've changed my titles many times as you guys have. Um, so the one thing sometimes that gets me through a day or, or a moment of crying is there's going to be a new title coming. It could be bus driver. Um, again, who knows, but whatever it's going to be, I'm going to have some fun and I'm not, and I'm not going to take, uh, you know, being treated like that. And hopefully I won't have to again. So that's some, some, you know, insight that I'm seeing, but I still have to get through the minutia. It's weird. It's different. I think it's a uh, really neat, um, mom, you had pointed out some really good, some really good points. Um, our ergonomist or something like our nurses mm-hmm. who are being laid off, um, for efficiency purposes. And I'm saying that sarcastically because obviously it's not efficient. Uh, we're struggling hugely in our communities. These people now, yourself included, see the holes, see the gaps that aren't being filled by these companies who think, again, that we're disposable. Mm. And so we have nurse practitioner clinics opening up mm-hmm. and they're going into, pra- they're going into business for themselves yeah. um, because they get to set their own policies and procedures, mm-hmm. you know, given their, their background and what that allows them as well. But yeah. you can start contracting out, you can teach, you can, there's so many things that you can do mm-hmm. uh, to fill the need that these companies are thinking we'll just be more efficient. We'll add some more desks and some more paperwork. Yeah. We'll be talk about what we're going to do, but we won't have the manpower to actually get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's well, well said Kelly, because, uh, just in the last week, um, little birds have been talking and, and saying, Ooh, we got a call for this. And it's all seems to be coming in more. And I just, and I'm thinking, okay, that I can do. And I do want to do that, but I'm also being selfish and saying, okay, I can do that. And and I'm going to figure out how much I need to do that. But then there's other things that are coming in, which is even more beautiful and allowing my right brain, creative brain to, to fly a little bit more like these, like even doing a podcast today, like if I was working, uh, I couldn't have done this today. So it's, it's been really neat. And I, and so I get to play with some different areas and jump out of that comfort zone or uncomfortable zone. You don't know what it is until you're out of it. Um, and, post-it notes everywhere about, yes, I've heard this, these, you know, this, this workplace is going to need something. And I know this one called in and I wasn't there. So yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm being um, mindful to be, to to just take care of Joe. And, and it's really, you know, my challenge is not to jump into craziness and set up my work desk and start working because I need to breathe. And I know um, if anybody's laid off and you have a moment to, if, or if you can sustain yourself for a bit, step, step back and heal because it, it is a, it is a hit without the, you know, the hockey equipment on, you're getting hit in the corner and you have no equipment. Um, that's kind of how, um, an analogy I like to think of because it, it's, it's a slam. So take care of yourself. If you don't have to run and do just any job and I've had great guidance, um, from you too, as well to just, if you can let it fall in and take care of you first, because I don't want to just run and take something that I'm not going to like, um, because perhaps these gaps are going to help me for a while and then new gaps are going to come in. And I think that really, really gives me hope. So if you can take a breath, 
Don't make any big decisions because everyone comes in and tries to fix you and it's awesome. Um, but I've, I've been really good to just step back and say, yeah, that's a good point, but I know I don't need to go there yet. And it slows them down. So I think I'm also being watched, which is cool. Cause I am kind of like in a lab again. I like being the, the rat in the lab. Um, because my friends have watched and, and, and family, they don't know what to do because they wanted to panic. They were panicking for me and I was able to stop and breathe and I have to do that every day and say, nope, go for a walk. We have lovely Lake Nippling or Lake Nipissing, as I like to say. And I finally got to it today. I went for a walk, um, because I'm, I'm really being mindful to, to take at least two months off. And some people might think that's crazy, but really it's the best thing I can do right now. Yeah. So new, new little buds are coming up and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, take care of you. And luckily I didn't define myself by my job, but some will, and it's going to be even harder. I can't even imagine. Where did I go? I just went all over the place. No, it's, I think it's good, Joe. Like, because, because, well, when you, when we're doing the podcast, I, I hope that when there is a pause that people do their own thinking and that, what or take their own breath yeah mm. and that what we're, we're really the conversation today has to do with many things they've yeah, people are hearing i'm certain through my voice anger at the system and attacking a system and saying fix it uh because it's people that have to fix it because it's people that are the system and then also your side of it where um you're you're in it. I've been in it, in yeah. in my, in my life. I've uh, been laid off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you know, like Kelly said, there's sometimes there's no. You have to wonder the difference between being fired and being um, laid off now because there seems to be no no area anymore of gray in there. It feels the same. I it, think it does. And I'm also hearing today that a lot of the I call them the employers these people um, have standard sentences and lines now. And it's interesting because I got an email today from a marketing company and I I actually read it. I actually read this email and (laughs) it it, it had to, oh, and it had to do with uh, eight ways of not eight things not to do in an email. And And they sent it through email. Yep. How ironic. It was so good. (laughs) And, and um, it was eight things. And one of them was like, you know, not to be rude, not to be attacking, um, but but other good points, like to get right to the point, to provide proper information, but not to use slang. And these these businesses are using slang. They're using canned phrases to get away with uh, bad behavior. Mm. And so they're saying things like Kelly said, like, um, you know, we're downsizing. Or they're giving these, um, yeah. she, she was, uh, she didn't fit. Uh, anymore and they're they're using these these canned expressions to say we did whatever the hell we wanted and we're not going to answer any of your questions and here's our here's our brick wall and so basically there's the brick wall and when they put up the brick wall we're trying to what I'm hoping to address today with you and Kelly is the pain behind the brick wall okay for one so at the beginning of this podcast very much wanting to let you share that pain but as we're moving through it, that behind that brick wall is creativity. Mm-hmm. Behind that brick wall is free thinking. As Kelly mentioned, in moving forward with, if they're going to create all these holes, 
then I'm going to create a new career. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're going to create, you know, nurse practitioners. There's a hole in the system. Mm-hmm. So where people are becoming ingenious in saying, well, the system didn't work well anyway. So how can I go out there and be creative in using my gifts and my abilities or finding out what they are? And this is what Kelly and I love helping people do Mm -hmm. is discover what their passion is or what their purpose is and just sit and help that person energetically, Mm -hmm. but also by channeling some of the information for them. But also with you, just being a friend, Mm -hmm. just watching where many people out there might think, well, I don't have the same gifts as Karen and Kelly. Who cares? If you know how to be a friend, uh, if you know how to just be patient, just listen, um, cook a meal for somebody, um, drop by and just sit and have a tea or coffee with them Mm -hmm. or call them and say, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Just even the right question. Mm-hmm. can be something that is a part of the healing or a part of the creativity by saying something like, Joe, what do you like doing? What do you have fun doing? Where's <laughs> yeah. your fun? And yeah. just even those types of questions can open up something then to what they always really wanted to do. Because already having been through this decades ago, I have learned some of those things that you do when you are laid off or fired, that you do have to dig deep for a, to believe in yourself again, and that you do have to be creative and ask yourself wonderful creative questions as to if I'm now free, how do I create something else in my life? Where does this begin, new beginning take me? Mm-hmm. And I also understand, Joe, that not everybody listening has the choice. Some yeah. people don't have an education or don't have, <coughs> excuse me, um, um, the ability to take two months, they might have to walk out the door and the very next morning go straight out to yeah. a Tim Hortons or wherever, a Mike Smart, wherever they can go, an employment agency, family and friends, and say, I need help. Mm-hmm. So there, there and, and this is where I think it's important to talk about that if somebody's going through this, there's so many different ways to help. So if you know somebody going through it and you don't know what to do, you could begin by asking. Yeah. And if the person has shut down, then you can begin by watching mm-hmm. and see what their needs are and then just offer it if it's just the coffee. coffee. And if they refuse, be respectful. Mm-hmm. So th- there are many different things that we can do when we're going through it or when somebody we love or we know is going through it. Mm-hmm. And you two have taught me that immensely. Um, you've done that, and I thank you. And it's helped me to get here and see and, you know, fall down and do what I do, and you guys can laugh at me or whatever, but it's it's all in kind. It's all in kindness. And I think, you know, you're, you've always been very kind, and it's, it's taking that extra kindness to just pay attention and call her, text her. They can't text me anymore, but... Um, <laughs> But that's going to change. But it's but that's on my own selfishness because it is. It makes a difference if you know somebody. And I didn't realize how much difference it would make because um, I could easily get into my own hole and, and you know, go to ground, as they say. Animals go to ground when they're sick, when they're going to die. Uh, they hide. They go under a tree. They, they won't. We, I do that, too. Humans do that, too. And I can easily do that and be comfortable um, for at least two weeks when until my food runs out. So... 
that's that's an instinctive thing to do but having the texts and having you know my friends and my family call or somebody just dropping by and making sure I got up that day it makes a huge difference um you know and if you know and I and I know that and I you know we teach it mental illness because this is part of it if if you're laid off you you get kicked emotionally too and you don't know how to get out of the hole and you can fall into it pretty quick and you don't even notice it but your friends and family will let them let them watch some people are already at work and are depressed. So the layoff or the firing or the walking to the door triggers or uh, intensifies um, the isolation they're already feeling or the depression that they're, all, they're already in. And so it's important for people to, um, and this is, this is important, I'm not stressing codependence, I'm, I'm stressing uh, asking the right questions and being able to give the person a voice. So one of the things I'm, that are important as well is it, that it, when you go through an experience like this of a lo- any kind of a loss, it's even a death in the family, oh, yeah. um, that you have to use your voice. You have to use that beautiful fifth chakra to speak up and say what your needs are. And it's an opportunity, but some people won't take the opportunity to um, to use voice. So how's that been going? Great. <laughs> You've taught me. You know, one of the things I'm learning um, through our friendship, uh, Kelly and Karen, is you guys say, what do you need? And I, you, I, and I think you used to watch my eyes go into the deer in the headlight look. <laughs> um, and I think I still do it. That is true. <laughs> and, you know, podcasts allow this to come out because I'm seeing it. I'm going, because I didn't know. You don't know. I'm not being used to ask. I'm not used to being asked that question and I'm not used to being able to ask for help and so I'm in a double whatever I can't even talk as per it's part of the process um entendre yeah I'm just gonna say that so I'm in a double I never because I was always able to stand up and survive and I was the one taking care of people but when I'm cut I don't know what I need and I'm not used to people taking care of me and it's very uncomfortable and uh and, and I'm sure you guys have seen me squeak and squawk a little bit um, but you've been very kind and you just keep it as a matter of fact, it's no qualms and it's ease. You've given me that ease of, yeah, I'm not, because we don't want to disturb people. We don't want to get in because life goes on when you get laid off, your friends and your family aren't laid off. So you, we respect that, but you guys have done it in such a great way that I'm, I'm in a great learning curve again. And, and so, you know, things happen for a reason and, um, yeah, I'm very blessed and lucky. We're at a time, and we have been for, I think, for decades now, where layoffs, firings, whatever, um, are very high. And many, many people are not able to come back out of it. Many people are not able to find work. And for whatever reasons, whether it's where the location of your city or what your career, if there's been an, an influx through the university and college systems where they've produced and thrown out so many people that it's oversaturated markets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because of that, there are job losses. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to recognize, too, for people who've had a job loss and are still in it. And it could be a decade later, and they still can't find work. And so many of their systems, and, and they might, you know, somebody might be listening and saying, oh, yeah, that worked. That worked for the first two or three weeks. And then everybody went back to life and forgot all about the fact that I'm still laid off. Mm-hmm. And that even though 
I'm educated. I still can't find employment um, or anything meaningful. And, and my point is, is that the kindness has to continue past the two-week mark. The kindness has to continue um, as that person has, is living with other people. That different living situations, and I hear this often, oh my God, I'm so sick and tired of hearing people say, oh, you still live with your mother? Oh, you still, like... Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, I actually wasn't picking on Kelly with that, but... Hey. There, okay, <laughs> this is true. She's we're sharing here. We're sharing a mic. I like that. <laughs> um, but just that, that there are lots of people in different living situations, not always by choice, but they're doing their very best within it. And that we can be very callous to in, in conversations and saying, uh, and I find this very much about university students, it's like if they haven't graduated and moved away and traveled the world, people are like, oh, how come you're still living at home? And it's, and I'm talking, hey. yeah, <laughs> and I'm talking about this because of all of the stigma that we put on different situations, mm -hmm. trying to say to people to be a little bit more open-minded mm -hmm. in how they ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it'll happen to all of us in one way or another. Yeah, well put. And you guys are great roommates, let me tell you. <laughs> and coworkers. You. They, they, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, no judgment. Just don't judge. Right? I think that's the point in learning to ask questions. It's an emotional intelligence instead of making assumptions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can take this and move this whole conversation that we've been talking about today, Joe, in what you've gone through into the loss of a spouse, into the loss of a child. Yeah. Um, you know, we think when we go to work, if somebody's lost, a co if someone, if a coworker has lost a partner, we grieve with them. Mm -hmm. We rush around them. We support them. We do all kinds of things because it's loss. But if somebody actually loses the job, there isn't the same type of support. Yeah. So they have, they move off and the coworkers still go back to work. And for the first week or two, they might check in, but eventually that falls to the wayside mm -hmm. or however you want to say it. they get back into jobs or whatever, yeah. their own Life. lives. Yeah. But if it's a, if it's a different kind of loss, um, like a death, there seems to be more of an acceptance of that. We still have to cut those people more slack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody who's lost, somebody might say, uh, yeah, because it's a totally different loss. Um, yes, it is. And I, and I'm not saying that they're the same, but I'm I'm saying that both people are still experiencing similar emotions. Yeah, it, because it's primal, right? And I think maybe it's even more relatable to um, a breakup yeah. rather than mm. maybe the death of a spouse. Nice. Because you're still mourning, right? You're, you're mourning what you've contributed to the relationship, mm -hmm. i.e. the job. Yeah. Um, you're mourning what it gave to you, but also what it took away from you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think maybe a breakup is a better, a better example. Nicely put. Because the emotions will be the same. You, you lose that security. You lose that consistency. I don't know. Yeah. The routine. The routine. Yeah. yeah. And if you love what you do, which is rare, uh, you lose that too for a bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Well put. Yeah, and it's true. It goes on for a, a while. And I've noticed, and this is no diss to anybody, and it's and uh, but it's interesting because I'm just watching everything happen, and and people have gone back, and I'm getting calls 
but it's it's slower and it's trickling because they don't I, I think again because I can't I don't have a cell phone but uh and voicemail is hard on everybody which is really interesting um twist so there's a whole communication research going on um but that's going to change again so and and people are still checking in so I'm very lucky and I'm I'm probably in the best position I think um, when I look at it now, um, it's still not great and I'm not going to go out there and buy roses, <clears throat> maybe dandelions. Um, but it's, 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 it's a process and I, and I'm, I'm just watching and learning and lucky, luckily I can, like you said, I'm in a good position. I like, I like layoffs or change. I'll call <laughs> it change. Cause somebody might go, what? Um, I like change. Um, I've quit 19 jobs mm-hmm. and had four different careers. So change is something that to me, it's, is still scary. I'm not saying that because you do it often, you've, you get over the fear part or that you process the emotions any faster than 19th time. Mm-hmm. And somebody might be going, what? She's quit 19 times. And she's 54. Yes. There you go. There's my age Karen, again. you haven't said it yet. No, I haven't. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. I think every show somebody might throw that in my face now. <laughs> this is going to be funny. Um, but the, just that you have to go, that it's all about processing of emotions. That mm. That's one of the things that I'm hoping people are understanding from this. And the uh, to gain enough emotional intelligence to be able to ask the right questions and to be able to move, help someone else go through the process. But also when they're the ones going through it too, that asking yourself good questions instead of staying in the shock um, can move you into a healthier place mm-hmm. appropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing that already. I said I'm free a few times and uh, that felt good. Yeah, I really liked that. I remember standing in your front yard just playing with Parker this week and you were like, I kind of feel relieved, but then I cry, but then I feel relieved again. Yeah. Um, and, and I know you had mentioned quite a few times about still feeling caged in your home office, which mm-hmm. originally felt free because it was free compared to your headquarters office yeah um but the freedom that that you're allowed now to think like you said karen to be creative um and to to rediscover your own strengths Mm -hmm. i think is a really cool time for you and that was something when you were talking about asking the right questions uh while i definitely agree with that um as a supporter of someone who's lost their job i love pointing out their strengths not telling them what to do, mm-hmm. but reminding them of what they're great at. Yeah. And they can then choose from that if it's something that they want to pursue. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, someone could stand here if I lost my job and said, you know, you're great at math. And I'd be like, thanks, but no, but never again. No, um, <laughs> true. but at least I'm reminded of what I'm great at yeah. and that it's still a part of my options. And I because you can forget that, mm-hmm. right? When you you've do. when you've suffered a loss, you forget that there are options. You feel stuck or you feel victimized. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, however you want to look at that, but to point out someone's strengths, even if they're obvious, just kind of helps them start asking their own better questions again. Yeah. And you've been awesome with that, um, with your, your your good skills and kindness. And I've, you've said that you said, Oh, I can just see you this, this, this. And, and you reminded me and I could see the spark because you forget, you do forget when you've been hit in the, in the corner. Um, you forget that you are still strong and you still are good at this. And, you know, you know, Kelly and Karen have been awesome for that. And I'm, I'm really lucky because they remind me 
you don't have to do it that way, Joe. What about this? Oh my God, you know, okay, you know, look at you and, and, and I, and you forget because you can't see that in the darkness. You cannot see. I always try and tell myself, see yourself in the eyes of your friends. Um, because that makes me stop. And I go and I try and tell them that because we all, we're only human. We all have our, you know, inner criticisms and, and, you know, we all have our unthought. We just forget until we see a friend and then they light up when we're around. Just look at that and remember, remember that because that's, it's really cool. And I try, and I've been saying that a few times this week too, because, you know, it's true because we forget Joe, I actually, Joe and Karen, I wanted to say thank you because, um, mom, you made the analogy of hitting uh, a brick wall, right? Or the analogy of the brick wall. And Joe, you had talked about the process of, of angry and upset and, and, and crazy. And I think, um, a lot about what we've been talking about is hitting that brick wall. So you talk about taking a hit and what happens when you hit a wall is you splatter, right? Mm -hmm. Something splatters when it hits a wall and you do go in a lot of different directions. And when you're the friend or the person going through it or whoever it is to that person, um, you might not understand all the directions that they're going in, Mm -hmm. but to understand that it is a normal part of the process. And like you were saying, to ask the right questions in each part of the process rather than judging it. Um, And to know that even if you do feel crazy in it because you're so up and down moment to moment, day to day, it doesn't last forever. You know, I, as much as I hate cliches, this too shall pass. Um, but knowing that it's normal and that it's not an overall mental health crazy, it's just, it's normal. It's the emotions yeah. that need to, to happen. Sorry, can you, it's not a mental health process. I didn't understand. It's not mental illness in That's the process. Yeah. It's, it's not work. a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. It's just a mental process that needs to happen Mm. well put and I and I'm learning day by day and and luckily I have these amazing teachers in front of me um that I have to go through it because if I don't and if there's a gap in my process I think that's when when we can become more ill and and sadder and Mm -hmm. because I did I I think I even remember asking Karen last week you know I think I may have been going into a depression and uh, it may even happen. It, it may have been happening for months because I, you get these feelings, you get these fears, and and you watch your behavior change. And uh, yeah, and I, so I even had to ask that. And it's it, it wasn't for stigma. It was because I need to pay attention. And hopefully, my friends um, and and family, whoever is aware and stable at the moment, will be able to see a fine line. You know, and and I think there are different cues to that. And and Kelly, thank you for that because. Sure. If I do go into, into a depression, then I have to take stage two. Right. And, um, but luckily, um, you know, just, I think, yeah, it's part the, the craziness I'm feeling is, as I know, it's a process and, and the fog is getting a little bit clearer. And then, you know, another day it's just, it's, it's heavy and, and I'm tired. So I'm just taking care of it day by day, but I'm not feeling bad about it. I'm, I'm, and I'm my friends and everybody have been very, you know, I think people are learning. I'm learning and people are learning watching me because this is not something I've been in. And it's, and I know it scares people um, because they don't know what to do with me because I don't know what to do with me. And I've had a friend call me this morning and said that because I said something crazy, like I'm going to come over and she's like, no, you, you don't do that. That's weird. And and, and so it, it scares people because I could go into 
becoming a Klingon, as I like to say. And um, because we have this funny talk between friends sometimes, you know, oh, you know, this person's, they're getting needy or high maintenance or so we call them Klingons. So I said, yeah, I could become a Klingon. And it, we both giggled and we knew it wouldn't happen. But it took me in a funny space. And I'm like, wow, yeah, people, it's it's okay. It scares me. It scares them. It's, a, it's like a new human walking around. So let's just mm-hmm. be gentle and be kinder because the human in it doesn't know what to do. And even my friends, I'm sure you two have seen a difference and was like, oh, okay, but you guys are so awesomely skilled and have gifts. And, you know, I've got the, um, I got the dream team um, with me right now. <laughs> so, um, and I mean that full heartedly. And Thank I, you. I am just watching what you guys have been doing in the last few days. And um, I'm very grateful and I'm, yeah, and I'm learning. Hopefully I can be kinder and smarter if, if someone else goes through this just by watching you two. So um, it changes. It's not just you and your job that's changed. It changes our relationship, right? Yeah. And so while you're going through that, we have to figure out how to love you again. Mm. And it's not that it shakes the fact that we love you. Mm-hmm. It it challenges us to love you in different ways, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to become conscious of our relationship again and how we're responding and acting toward you mm. um, and, yeah. and vice versa. Thank you. And that, that's a good thing. It's been amazing. It keeps us conscious of all of our relationships, which is what we want in life. Because really, we should be like that. Yeah. And it's hard to do it all the time, but you two... Uh, you're so good at it and you're teaching me more and uh yeah it's been great to be your uh be here I learned a great deal in losing or and giving up many jobs with my mom in that um she would want to help me by telling me where I could find my next job Mm. yeah (laughs) and she would as, as, as just as soon as I showed up, you know, even if it was just for tea, because I needed to kind of put my mind someplace else in my body temporarily. And and I know it came from a place of love. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I get it, really yeah. get that this is her baby, you know, 50 years old, but you know, this is her baby trying to get back up on her feet again, mm-hmm. you know, at different times in life and how much as, as and I'll say just as parents, just for a moment or spouses or whatever, mm-hmm. friends, that you, we, there's such a desire to see you get to your next job mm-hmm. because they, because we don't, they don't want to see you suffer, worry, stress, lose, lose a home, um, a car, um, your independence, like they don't, and, and maybe they don't want you to move in with them. <laughs> <laughs> like me, huh. That's what I've been getting. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Or leave town. Yeah. You know, oh, I've had oh. going anywhere. <laughs> Joe, as soon as I heard that that when you said when Kelly came in and said that you'd lost your job, um, I thought, oh shit! <laughs> if she loses, if she gets a job in another city, then one of my best friends is gonna, yeah. <coughs> I'm gonna have to travel or, or Skype or FaceTime with no, her. No, we're circling ads. She's staying here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that cool? Where your minds went, and it was yes. so it was full of love. And when you told me that, I went, oh my god, that's beautiful, because it makes everybody check in. Oh my god, when Joe heard might leave, like the the girl who's a shut in and really happy one. Uh, she might, she could really, yeah. right? Um, and it's been really, really telling and strengthening the friendships. That's I wanted sure. to make the point that people will go into their own fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that yeah. when somebody has a loss, um, and, and this may be for the, for the people at corporate, that 
don't want to face their own fears that it could be their own jobs too. So mm-hmm. it's far easier to tell, walk somebody to the door because they feel powerful yeah. that or safe or secure that they won't be walked to the door. I'm yeah. the walker. And, and it's just, that's not the way that it is. Mm-hmm. It isn't. But I wanted to go back to my mom for a second. Yes. She, she taught me, you know, I would show up and she would have, um, a list of places in the nugget that were hiring, you know, secretaries, because, you know, I was a secretary for 14 years. So it didn't dawn on her that I might want to break the box of secretary, uh-huh. and that I might want to try another field. Um, so she would just see wherever there were secretarial jobs and say, did you know the Humane Society's hiring? Mm-hmm. Did you know? And she'd give me lists of all the places that she that, you know, she'd go through the nugget and cut them out for yeah, me and lovely. have them on the table. Yeah. And she thought she was doing a world of good to help me. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, re- I, I remember being very tired of that career mm-hmm. and thinking that if, if I was at a new beginning and because of that new beginning, could I step outside of the career that I had had for a certain period of my life and go into something else? And I wasn't educated to go into anything. Mm-hmm. I had two years of college for one thing and one thing only. And some people can relate to that, that you you might say, well, what could I do other than you know, mm-hmm. kinesiology or healthcare or whatever you're you in. Yeah, I but did. I'm, but what I'm saying is, is sometimes it's a great opportunity to put that newspaper clipping down and think what, what does inspire me or what does interest me? Yeah. Um, or did I have an interest from childhood I buried? Mm-hmm. And, and um, or what do I dream about? What do I daydream about when I was at work? What, when I watch TV at night and I like certain shows, what do I like watching? Um, or if I like certain being out some places, does cooking inspire me? Or yeah. what, like what inspires me? Yeah. So ho- hopefully um, in that process, you, as, as people will come forward, this is one of the things I was wanting to get to is sometimes the question uh, or my mom just putting it down and saying here in her desire to love and help me a good question can be better. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think that goes along with asking, what do you need? Because if you've got friends swarming you, loving you the best way they know how, and you've just come from our place and they're sticking food in your face saying eat, Mm -hmm. you can say another friend fulfilled that. What I need from you is just silence or just an ear or whatever that need is at that point, right? Yeah. But if we're not asking what do you need, we're, we don't know that another friend or person has fulfilled that already. Yeah, so true. And it's interesting teaching and learning it all together. And it's, um, it's gentle and it's kind and no one takes it personally. Mm-hmm. Because it's funny, we can take things personally because you know, you, you, you know, I don't know what to do and what do you need? And, and I could be okay. And I, and I don't know what to say. It becomes almost stressful for somebody who's in it to feel their stuff coming in. Um, you know, they need to do this for you. And then it's almost like you're, yeah, I'm, it's, it's interesting between the human relationships. Um, cause everyone's pain is coming in somehow. And you're right. Some people had, had asked me about financial stuff. What about my house? Here's a job. And all that stuff is coming in right now. And it's, it's noisy. Um, and it hurts. And I listen to my head and I just, I just don't reply or I say, thank you very much. And I becomes a sticky note and, um, I don't let call it go. So-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's interesting because it does come in and I'm sure everyone who's in the situation will feel that. And it's great. It's love. Everyone's trying to help and I don't take it as bad, but I know my head just hurts and I do write it down. And once I write it down, then it comes out of my head and I have to worry about it 
maybe until a month or two or five. I don't know. And that's, that's kind of the freedom I'm feeling right now. And I, and when I do need stuff, I just, yeah, I'm fall I'm finding it luckily. And, um, yeah, it's different every day. Hmm. Are you good if we end there? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Deep breaths and yes, time. deep breaths and naps. I feel a few naps <laughs> coming on and f bombs. Still, still to come. Uh, it's not over. It's you know what I I'm, I hate to be you know I don't want to sound like the um, what is that uh, the happy. Susie. Anyway, I'm not, I'm in it, but I, I do try and I do find fun in everything. If you know, my friends and family will know. Um, so yeah, so stay tuned and, um, hopefully we'll chat again. Thank you for allowing me to have a a voice in another chapter. Mm -hmm. We're, uh, we're thrilled that you came back and I know our listeners are too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, what I want to throw out before we say goodbye is, um, if people have questions, whether it's, uh, general questions with regards to what we talked about today, or maybe specific questions for Joe, uh, or Karen or I, you can email us at info at com. And we will talk to you next Saturday morning. Take care. Thank you. Goodbye.